0: Good evening, everybody. This is Darius Sassemi, your host at uh, GV Wire. Uh, Our live program coming to you from Fresno, California, called Unfiltered. Uh, We have John Cox, uh, the former candidate for California governor with us tonight. But before we get to John, uh, we're going to cover a few uh, round-robin items. Let's start with slide number three. Would you support uh, Gavin Newsom, current Governor Newsom, Uh, If he runs for U.S. president. So this is a result of the polls on Facebook from uh, on on GV Wire, uh, again, GV Wire Facebook page. So almost 90 percent said no uh, to supporting Gavin Newsom uh, for governor. That's, again, GV Wire uh, Facebook um, uh, subscribers. Let's move to the next item we're going to cover. And by the way, John, I'm going to come back to you a moment. When we talk to John Cox, I'm going to ask him about that poll. Is Fresno done grow- growing? Um, actually, oh, this is an old story. I'm sorry. We have the wrong... Uh, let's take this off. Yeah, this is the wrong, actually. I think, Paul, that's the wrong image on that thing. Let's take that off. Okay, good. Uh, the, it, it, the, the the headline, actually, is: is Fresno done go as the city of fresno done growing and providing housing uh, over the next uh, you know decade or two a great article by our own um, reporter edward smith and he will be on kmph tomorrow at uh, what time is that paul is that seven thirty or seven forty-five? Oh, seven twenty, seven twenty oh 7 20 a.m uh tune into kmph and you will see edward smith our uh, um, there you go. Now you got the correct one. Officials call for halt because the mayor is not calling for the halt for city of uh, to, for city to grow, but it's the uh, folks inside city hall and potentially uh, the council members that uh, are n- are gonna not support a growth to Fresno's uh, east and uh, southeast. Okay, how will Biden administration respond to the deadly attack on U.S. forces in uh, Jordan? Uh, this puts the uh, the president in an in interesting position. He didn't take an aggressive position early on, and these attacks, unfortunately, look like they're gonna they They may be. Uh, they may keep coming. Houthi rebels. You know, there's other Iran-backed groups uh, in the area, so. IT'S GOING TO BE INTERESTING on uh, TO SEE HOW THE BIDEN admi- ADMINISTRATION IS GOING TO RESPOND. YOU RESPOND, YOU'RE GOING TO ESCALATE. YOU DON'T RESPOND, YOU'RE GOING TO LOOK WEAK. SO IT'S GOING TO BE um, VERY INTERESTING COMING UP. I SUGGEST THE PRESIDENT, AND WE'RE GOING TO SEND HIM, PAUL, remi- remi- uh, REMINDER TO BILL, TO SEND HIM A COPY OF THE uh, EDITORIAL THAT GBWIRE DID. Uh, SEND THAT TO PRESIDENT BIDEN uh, TOMORROW, PLEASE. Uh, let's. I'm, I'm hoping everybody has had a chance to take a look at it or read it. Um, there we go. That, that's that's what I'm talking about. So this is an editorial that G, GV Wire did uh, almost two weeks ago. Uh, what are the, what should United States do to stop the attacks on Israel, the attacks on Gaza, the killings, the the the, uh, the um, you know occupation. That that results in a lot of lot of this, you know, bad blood between Israelis, Palestinians, other Arabs. Uh, United States needs to be an independent peace broker to bring peace and stability to the region. No, nope, we're we're the only superpower in the world. Uh, we give an almost four billion dollars of military aid to Israel every year, and we have a lot of influence in the region. So we should be brokering a peace. Please read this. Uh, those of you that are interested in that part of the world. Uh, read that uh, essay that was uh, put out uh, almost a couple of weeks ago. Okay, let's talk about the weather for a minute. Um, February is going to be uh, wet and wild. There's an atmospheric river, close to two inches of rain over the next two weeks, headed our way, starting sometime tomorrow evening. Uh, for more of an update, read uh, Nancy's article. It's a few few days old, but uh, you you'll get the You'll get the update, and then Paul uh, will have a weather update tomorrow on, um, on on the website. Okay, Taylor Swift. What's going on with Taylor Swift? Uh, conservative conspiracy theory links Taylor, NFL, and Biden endorsement. Does Taylor Swift have enough influence uh, to change the outcome of the twenty twenty four presidential election? So. Oops, I wasn't gonna say that, but uh, okay, keep it up. Um, and, uh, d- say t- so, over half say uh, her, endorse- her endorsement doesn't matter, uh, but eighteen percent do. Um, anyhow, so that's that's um, pretty interesting numbers. Uh, how a pop, and a very popular singer, singer and artist can in- influence at least eighteen uh, percent of the folks that are voting. Okay. Let's move on to what's coming up in two weeks, or I should say ten days, and that's the Super Bowl. There it is, February eleventh, three thirty p.m. Pacific time. Should be an interesting game. I think The Niners lost to Kansas City. Uh, what was it, three or four years ago? Could be an interesting uh, rematch. Uh, two outstanding teams, and of course I'm rooting for the Niners. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm very concerned about that game. And the, or the outcome of that game. Okay, Americans want to vote for presidential candidates or don't want to vote for presidential candidates that are over 80 or with felony charges. That's a Gallup poll that shows uh, that, that was done um, just a few days ago. I'm sorry, it was published a few days ago. It was done about a, over a week ago. A lot of interesting information on that, um, on this poll results. There, There we go. Who would you vote for? And who would vote for those folks? Uh, And actually, it's broken down by Republicans and Democrats. Um, You know what? You know how would how would Republicans vote uh, for a Muslim candidate, as an example, or a um, Latina or a Latino or a Black candidate? It's very very interesting. Um, So that's on on gvwire.com. Please uh, check that out. Um, And then the next slide. Is Governor Newsom um, backs more dam removal projects aimed at boosting salmon population. Salmon versus farms and versus jobs. I guess that's going to be... Enviros, I I think, would love this. It'd be interesting to see um, um, how the rest of the population feels about about this. Probably more cost of water and electricity. Especially if any of those are hydroelectric, please... Uh, check out uh, the GB Wire article on that. Um, again, the uh, the next one is about lots of challenges in the budget um, and uh, lots of revenue estimate errors. So that's kind of where we're at: um, forty-four billion less than previously projected. Um, there we go. And that brings us to our book uh, author that's that's joining us. Let's, let's bring our uh, special guest, John Cox. Good evening, John, and welcome to Unfiltered. Um, thank you for joining us again. You were on this show a few years ago when you were running for uh, not president, but California governor. Um, so tell us Tell us a little bit about this book, what inspired you to write this, well let's let's put the uh, cover up first. There you go. so that's that's the book uh, published. You can tell us when it was published, John, and what inspired you to write this book, and what's in it. So let's well, fire away,
1: John. I, I was I was obviously inspired to write it. Darius, by the problems that California experiences every single day. Uh, the, the state of California is in, mon- monumentally did, mismanaged, the highest cost of living in the country. Uh, we've got shortages of housing, energy, water, school system that doesn't uh, teach their children, uh, hundred billion dollars a year and our results are worse than Mississippi we got the worst roads. We've got a homeless situation that is growing and gotten worse uh, despite billions of dollars spent on it. And this is all laid at the feet of Gavin Newsom, who thinks he's going to run for president. Uh, I was motivated to write this book because it's a warning to the country that the mismanagement of California should not be extended to the rest of the country. And it's my mission to make sure that the voters potentially know what is in store for them if they were to vote for this man as, as president. Um, obviously, uh, he wins in California because he knows how to manipulate the media and he knows how to vacuum up billions, millions of dollars from uh, special interest groups who basically get what they want. Uh, it there's there's no accident that California has all these problems all of these issues that afflict uh, this state uh, are the result of special interest groups that want things to be done the way they want them to be done because they make money for or they get power in a certain way tell us about
0: uh, John tell us about
1: willing to do that go ahead
0: John tell us about some of those special interest groups Uh, Who do you think they are, and uh, why are they wielding so much influence on the the government?
1: The the biggest uh, and most powerful interest groups are the public employee unions, clearly. Um, They uh, raise millions of dollars each year from dues, and they spend it to basically support politicians. Um, If you look at our political system from 30,000 feet, you have a situation where these You know, unions basically support these politicians, funnel money to them, run ads for them, and uh, in return, these politicians give them the power they want and and manipulate policy to give them everything they want. So our pensions are some of the richest in the country. If you're a public employee in California, you can retire at age 52 on 90% of your salary for the rest of your life with gold-plated health care courtesy of the taxpayers. And that may be wonderful for those public employees, but what it does is it drives up taxes, drives up the cost of living for average Californians and make it very difficult to to maintain a a level of living standards in the state. Um, So it's it's essential, I think, that people understand what these interest interest groups do. Trial lawyers uh, fight for every bit of regulation they can. And why is that? Because regulation results in lawsuits and regulation results in court uh, fights that lawyers win uh, and, and gain uh, millions of dollars in fees. Uh, the same thing happens with environmental lobbying groups. They're another big interest group that knew some uh, minds for money. So that's the reason why we have a water shortage in the state, because we can't get reservoirs built. Uh, it's the reason why our gasoline costs uh, almost twice what it does in the rest of the country, because the, the cost of regulations uh, and the lack of development of uh, fossil fuels in California. Um, the, uh, the environmental groups also play a part in the housing crisis, because CEQA, the California Environmental Quality Act, puts on incredible regulations that drive up the cost of uh, building housing. And I know, because I'm in the housing business, I build apartments and manage them, mostly in the Midwest and Indiana, and I can build for a fraction of what it costs to build in California, and the difference is the regulations that are put on by these uh, interest groups. And again, that all drives up the cost of living, drives up the uh, inability of people to, to, to live and enjoy a, a quality life in California.
0: So that's a, that's a great, those are uh, great point. So you, you, you think that the SCIU is the most powerful uh, lobby group?
1: Well, employees- one of them, uh, uh, the California teachers association is actually, if you're going to look at the actual one who is uh the, the most powerful, the, the teachers are probably the, the most powerful, but the SEIU is right up there. But you've also got the prison guards, the California Nurses Association, uh, just about every public employee uh, group has uh, representation in this state. And of course, why do they do that? Because they can pay dues and they can influence politicians and they can get pensions and, and, and healthcare and higher salaries. And, and that's all to their benefit but it doesn't do much for the average California.
0: Uh, uh, Mike Carbasi, who's typically a co-host and he was gonna be here tonight, um, but we had some technical difficulties. He just posted something. uh, There's an article covering some of these issues, California catalog of dysfunctional um, programs continues to grow. Uh, Paul, let's get the copy of that on the screen. The one that um, Mike just just put up. Okay, but before that, I'm going to jump to slide 26. And this is very interesting, actually, information. 66% of Republicans, according to a Gallup poll, and I'm hoping our team actually translated this correctly, say abortion should be legal with certain restrictions. 8% say it should be legal without restrictions, and 24% should be illegal in all situations. Uh, 34% of Democrats say abortion should be legal with certain restrictions, basically because more of them, 60% say it should be legal with no restrictions. Uh, But it's interesting that 66% of Republicans say abortion should be legal, should be legal, basically, with some restrictions. Any comments on that, John?
1: You know, this this just points up another area where Gavin Newsom manipulates the public and, and the media especially, because... Instead of talking about and correcting the major problems in California with the cost of living, the schools, the crime, the roads, the shortages of all the water, energy, uh, housing, uh, Newsom talks about abortion, talks about guns, talks about all the hot-button issues that the media likes to talk about um you know california abortion isn't really an issue in this state anymore because there's a right to an abortion that's in the constitution yet newsom talks about it like it's threatened every minute of the day and why because that gets his base that gets the media activated and it serves to distract people from the myriad of problems the homelessness and the uh, all the other issues that are plaguing uh, California. Um, a lot of these issues are are reasonably well settled. Frankly, abortion shouldn't even be an issue anymore with birth control as 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 prominent as it is. Uh, and again, it's enshrined in the California Constitution. So uh, you know, we should be talking about the issues that matter to average Californians that prevent them from living a decent quality life.
0: We have, uh, thank you for that. First of all, let's put the uh, the uh, slide that Mike was referring to. There we go. Uh, that's the article that we just put up uh, recently. I don't know if it's on, it doesn't look like it's on GB Wire yet. Paul, is it on GB Wire yet? Uh, but yes, it is. Okay, California's, ca- Got it. California's catalog of dysfunctional programs continues to grow. Uh, I haven't read the article, but uh, you can go to gbwire.com to get more information on that. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's put slide 28, and I don't know. uh, This sounds like something that Paul put up. um, from, From...
1: so tell yeah, us- let's, let's talk about this, because the, yeah. my book not only talks about the problems, Darius, but I also talk about a solution for California and for the country in terms of getting better policy and getting better leaders, uh, which we desperately need.
0: But tell us about this. Vanquish the four plagues.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the problem with our democracy is that the four plagues. Special interest money, which I just talked about—the public sector unions, the trial lawyers—the but but there it's also big business, big pharma, big oil, all all those that you know, big banks that that influence uh, politicians on both sides. There's the extremes of politics, so you get people like AOC or Marjorie Taylor Greene have the biggest voices out there, and other voices get drowned out. Uh, You get negative campaigning. Uh, that turns off the voters. And, of course, you also have the power of big media. Now, each of these problems stems from a major issue with our electoral system, and that is the fact that we've got so many more people today and we've got so much more media. The cost of running campaigns is outrageous. You know, it costs 10 to 15, 20 million dollars to run for Congress these days. A congressional district is 750,000 people. The problem with that, Darius, is that when you have that many people to reach, you need to spend millions of dollars on media in order to reach those people. And the trouble with that is that interest groups and others are willing to give you that money, but they want something for it. So what's the solution? Well, the, uh, the solution that's in my book, and people can find out about it at hearthepeople.org, is basically to bring our congressional districts back to personalized campaigning. And how do we do that? We take a 750,000-person district, and we subdivide it into 100 little tiny districts. So instead of one district of 750,000 people, you've got 100 districts which each have 7,500 people in a district that small, 7,500 people, that's only a few thousand households. You're not going to need any money at all to run that campaign. You're not going to go to Big Farm or Big Oil or the unions or anything for that help. What you're going to do in order to get elected in that little tiny district is that you're going to go out and meet your voters. And they're going to have a chance to talk to you. And you're going to have to demonstrate to them that you have the character and the competence and the leadership ability to be the representative of that little tiny district. Now, as a practical matter, what happens is that those hundred people who are elected in those little tiny districts, they get together 30 days after the election. They have their own little meeting of those hundred, and they come out of there with one person that goes to Washington, D.C., that represent that district. The other 99 stay home and go about their lives. They don't have offices. They're not congressmen. They're the ones that vote to send the one person to Washington, D.C.
0: Okay, now, the person so you
1: keep- to Washington, D.C., then, is going to be responsive to the 99 people who sent them there. They're also obviously going to be responsive to their own little tiny district those 99 people then will have a say in what that person does in Washington.
0: Okay, for some of us...
1: Washington won't be raising money. They won't be sitting on the phone six or eight hours a day. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, let let me me, uh, have you walk us through this again because we have a few late arrivals. So instead of having a uh, congressional district that, say, has, you know, whatever, 75,000, no, You're it's saying seven
1: hundred fifty thousand. Seven hundred fifty thousand. Okay, seven hundred fifty thousand. seven hundred fifty thousand right now. Yep.
0: Divide that into a hundred sections. So seventy-five hundred per section. For, per,
1: per district. For tiny per district. district right?
0: And 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 they all elect one person, but all mm-hmm. one hundred will then come and vote for uh, one you know, whichever. Person. But you, don't you still have to talk to all 750,000?
1: No, no. The 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 district is broken up into seventy, you know, a hundred districts of seventy five hundred each. Each of those little tiny districts elects a local representative, a community representative, and it's those one hundred people who then decide for them. On, on which of those hundred goes to Washington. Okay,
0: so it's not really necessary, although some folks will. If they have their money to campaign to all seven hundred fifty thousand. No, make sure. No, okay.
1: Yeah, they they don't. You don't campaign to all seven hundred fifty thousand. Each, you know, each each of those people is is in a little tiny little district. There's a hundred districts of seventy five hundred people each, and uh, you know the people in those little districts certainly will make their feelings felt to their local representative, and they'll know that person, and they'll. You know, they'll have that person, uh, you know, they'll have a relationship with that person, they'll know that person, they'll be able to tell them who they who they might favor as the uh person to go to Washington. But uh no, the candidate won't have to appeal okay. to all seven hundred and fifty thousand people.
0: Okay, so a question from Mike Krabasi. John, you were by far the largest single contributor to your own campaign. If things are so bleak for the business community, why don't more business leaders, even someone on the Democratic side, step up and self-fund a campaign for governor?
1: Well, you know, it's a a big undertaking, especially in a state the size of California. Uh, Not only that, you know, you've got to run the gauntlet of the media. Uh, And the media isn't interested in highlighting you know, good things about you, they're, they're looking for dirt. They're looking for bad things. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to go through that. Um, It's, it's a, it's a, politics, unfortunately, these days with the, with the presence of the media uh, and the power of the media is, is a huge, huge factor. Uh, And, and, and a lot of people don't want to go through that media scrum. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I'm talking about changing uh, and 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 having these small, little tiny districts. You know it's not just about you know getting Congress. It's also about getting the voters back into the picture. You know, right now, these districts are so large, and you know the media is so omnipresent with this. It's all about big media that people, the 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 average voters feel like they just don't have a say. Uh, they they watch a commercial on TV, but they don't really know their leaders. They don't have a chance to quiz their leaders. Very few ever have a chance to meet their leaders. Uh, under this plan, under Hear the People, you'll actually be able to have a conversation with the, with the person, your community representative that represents your 7,500-person district. If if you don't like what's going on, or if you have a question about what's going on, you're actually gonna have somebody that you can talk to. You know, that doesn't happen these days. Uh,
0: okay, hold on, hold on one second. What is this we have on the screen? We had a partial image of, uh, well, do we know what that was? Yeah, okay, that's, that, from, the, that's from, the the, uh, from From your website, okay. And John, yeah. where, uh, I don't know if, uh, any of us know where do you which state you currently living in? I live in California. You live in California okay. in Southern California?
1: Yeah, I live in San Diego area.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh so and you've been there. I mean, I know during your campaign you were that from that you used to live down there. So you're still in, in this in yeah, southern I, California. I live in the
1: same place that I did before. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um anything about guns, gun control?
1: Well, you Any know, thoughts listen. on that?
0: Concealed carry, weapons.
1: The, the problem with crime is that we don't put people in jail. It's 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 not the the gun that commits the crime; it's the person that holds the gun. Uh, I don't think we'd have anywhere near the gun crimes that we put people in jail that actually use guns in the commission of crimes. But you know, California has the strictest gun laws in the country. This again, you know, it shouldn't be an issue of adding more guns. What we ought to be doing is putting people in jail who who use guns or who, who commit crimes. You know, a very tiny percentage of the population actually commits crimes. The trouble is that we don't have a, a, a leadership that will actually put people in jail who commit crimes. And, you know, the, I think the problem is, is more easily solved by, you know, being tough on criminals. And, and you know, the only people that respect gun laws are the, uh, you know, the law-abiding citizens. The criminals don't care. How many gun laws there are? They're, they're criminals. They don't care about laws. Yeah. So no, this is exactly. Just nonsense. This is just scaring the public, and, yeah. and you know, it's it's politicians like Newsom that do this because, you know, the average voter out there just doesn't really process uh, the information. They they don't like guns. They're afraid of guns, and so they, you know, they want guns removed. But they don't understand the fact that that law-abiding people obey gun laws, but criminals don't care about how many gun laws there are.
0: Exactly, yeah, and and we had a uh, on the on the show we had the Fresno Sheriff and the Tulare County Sheriff on. This is several months ago when the new concealed carry weapon law was being changed, and uh, with more restrictions. And basically, uh, Fresno Sheriff uh, uh, talked about uh, I want to say it was one in seventeen thousand permits issued. Had somebody uh, commit a felony, and the I think Tulare County Sheriff, who's actually running for Congress now, Boudreau, uh, and he said, um, n- nobody that, ha- that carries in Tulare carries in Tulare County has had, um, you know, any, any criminal criminal or a- committed any felonies, and again, John Zanoni, Fresno Sheriff, said one out of seventeen thousand. So the the numbers are so low, but we're kind of targeting those fe- those folks instead of uh, going after criminals uh, that Criminal break into our cars or homes.
1: Criminals yeah. don't apply for concealed carry permits. They just carry guns because they don't care about the law. They just do what they want. <laughs> you know, just stop stop screwing around with this and just put criminals in jail for crying out loud. I mean, but, you know, again, yeah. you know, here's the problem, Darius. We We just hear this on the media and we think of these. We don't get a chance to really have leaders who know their voters and who can actually make a reasoned argument like that and and tell a voter, hey, listen, you know, it it doesn't make any sense to put more laws on the books that criminals don't uh, comply with. Instead of wasting our time doing all that, let's start putting criminals in jail who commit these crimes and we'll all be safer.
0: There you go. Okay, in the final minutes uh, of the show, uh, let's put your book back up. Uh, tell us uh, any any final comments about your book. How can people buy it?
1: Well, um, I would urge people to, to go to hearthepeople.org. That's H-E-A-R uh, thepeople.org. Let's put org. that up.
0: Okay. I think let's put that slide up.
1: Put that up. Okay. Yep, hearthepeople.org. Uh, that's in the book as well. They can get the book on Amazon. I I discuss in great detail. What, what this is, it's a revolutionary change, Darius, in how we practice politics. You know, there's a whole lot of ideas out there for getting money out of politics and for getting the voters back into it, but they don't work. This is a structure that will work because it takes the power of money out by making money unnecessary. You can pass all the laws you want restricting people from giving this much or that much and and term limits. All these things don't work. What you've got to do is you've got to get the money out of politics by making it unnecessary, bringing the voter back into the picture so that they have a one-on-one relationship with the leadership and they have a chance to meet their leaders, assess their leadership ability, assess their competence, their character. This is what we need to turn this country around. Uh, we need better leaders because uh, the world's a dangerous place. And uh, we've seen how dysfunctional this Congress is. We've got to get better leadership in this country. And that's okay. what here the people.org is set the two.
0: Okay. So uh, I think one more um, question came in, but I have uh, two more questions and we're going to wrap up. Why sure. did you call it the Newsom nightmare? And then the second question is, uh, so many, that came from Kathy Blom, so many do not favor Newsom and past recall petitions were on street corners. Why not uh, door-to-door, uh, why not go door-to-door along enough time to gather signatures? Uh, Newsom needs to be replaced and get get uh, our great California back uh, back criminals or criminals and they don't comply put the criminal in jail california needs a judicial system where the citizens feel safe as we expect protection from our leaders
1: well i called this book the newsom nightmare because if unless uh, if if you're in the 99% of people that aren't wealthy in this state your 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 life is a nightmare i mean California is beautiful, by the way. I love the weather. I love the natural beauty. But if you're trying to make a go of life in this state and you're not a billionaire or a millionaire, you got problems because you, you're, you're having a very difficult time affording this life. You've got shortages of water, energy, housing. You've got the homeless situation. You've got crime, schools that don't teach, roads that are horrendous wildfires threatening you. Uh, These are all problems that could be solved if we had better leadership. And the reason we don't have better leadership is because it's all about the money and the interest groups. The Newsome nightmare details all these problems, but it also details a reform that will get us better leadership. And I urge people to to read this book and understand exactly what uh, we're talking about with here are the people. And and a change in the structure to to put the individual voters back in charge, and and take away the power of these interest groups.
0: Great points. Um, I'm going to actually ask you one more question, and then I'm uh, and I want to make one other uh, announcement for a debate we're doing. Uh, are you going to run for political office anytime soon?
1: No, that's not in my plans whatsoever. I've done it twice now. I've spent a lot of money, a lot of time. Uh, I'm devoting myself to this effort, uh, running my businesses, uh, making my wife happy. I, I spent a lot of time away from my wife and my children. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly interested in, want, uh, in, in getting reform done and, and having the state uh, work, uh, and I'll continue to, to be involved in those kinds of efforts.
0: Got it. Okay, let's put uh, John before you go. Um, I want to tune you into a uh, and our audience uh, supervisors uh, debate that's coming up um, February first and and two nights. That's Supervisor Maxick, the incumbent Fresno County Supervisor, and Jennifer Cruz, uh, who's a nonprofit manager, community advocate. That's. Uh, Running for the same seat, so stay tuned. Uh, that's uh, Tuesday night at six p.m. on gvwire.com. Uh, any final comments from uh, from uh, you, John? What What no, do you I, want the I, audience to, to pay to do? What, what, uh, I love to what say a lot of,
1: I love to say hello to my brother uh, who's in Fresno and uh, Doug. Uh, and, uh, I had a lot of friends in Fresno, great people there, uh, Californians all across the state deserve better leadership. And, uh, I tried my hardest to do that. Uh, that's why I wrote this book though, to warn, uh, the people of the country that, uh, Gavin Newsom would be a danger and, and hopefully people get a chance to read this and understand the problems.
0: Okay. With Thank that, you. that's Uh, Thank thank you, John. uh, John Cox, former uh, candidate for California governor. Uh, Thank you for joining us from your beautiful home in San Diego. We see the back your background. Uh, Wish you all the luck and and best of success in your book. And we hope to see you soon back on this program.
1: Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everybody. See you all next Tuesday.